Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. Today we embark upon a new series entitled Surplus. Surplus is a word that I've chosen to try and describe what I believe God wants to do in the congregation during this time period. I pray and I choose these series uh, very seriously to try and get the will of God, the mind of God, as we launch into this particular season of our church. The fall season's a great time. Your kids are back to school if you have kids, and summer vacation's over, even though that's not a good thing to be over. But nevertheless, the summer's over, and we kind of move into the fall, and life changes a little bit, and we don't have the vacations in front of us, or maybe some of the other changes, and we kind of get buried into certain aspects of life as we begin to live out this fall season, which is a beautiful time in the Northwest. It's also a beautiful time in the church. A lot of people visit churches and choose churches during in the fall, and we're hope, hopefully you will choose our church if you're looking for a church so that you can grow spiritually and be connected to a great group of people. Surplus is a word to describe something that I want to go on in your life. I'm going to read again from Psalms 23, and you can mark your Bible if you would like to mark your Bible. I hope you do mark your Bible and make it your own Bible and write all over it. Take notes. Psalms 23, verse 5, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. My cup runs over is a good biblical description of what I would call a surplus life. When a person's life runs over, spills over, over the top, it's surplus. When we say to somebody, boy, their bucket is really empty, or their cup is half full, or boy, you know, they really are in a dry season of life, we know what we mean by that. We also know right now, as we sit listening to my words and as you examine your life, you will know, and maybe you already know, whether your life is a full cup that runs over emotionally, spiritually, financially, in every area of life. You live life loud. You live life full. You live life with a a great surplus in you with attitude and spirit and everything about you as a surplus kind of a person. Your life just runs over. Or you might not be in that particular situation right now. You might be in a situation where your cup is not running over at all. Matter of fact, it's only half full or maybe it's not even full at all. It's empty. Maybe it's a dry cup. Maybe your marriage is totally dry. Maybe your relational life is dried up. Maybe your financial life is dried up. Maybe your whole emotional life is just a little twisted, not quite there. Maybe your whole perspective on living is at the bottom of the cup, so to speak. We could go personal. Maybe your own self-esteem, your self-worth, how you feel about yourself, how you actually respond to other people about yourself is at an all-time low. Maybe you've been smacked right in the nose by life. Maybe some crisis, maybe some mystery, maybe some surprises, maybe some unfortunate disappointments, maybe some things that have come your way that you can't quite put together. Maybe some things you've tried to put together, they just don't quite work out and they don't seem to ever work out. So you're sitting there listening to the word. And as we go through these definitions and scriptures, you're probably going to come to a place where you say, I'm not sure I'm a surplus person. Or you're going to say, I know without a shadow of a doubt, 
I am not that kind of a person. My goal is not to make you feel guilty, shamed, or just identify that you're not surplus. My goal is to move you from wherever you are into the full blessing of God in your life. I want to move you from empty to full, if that's where you are. Or from a quarter full to half, from half to three quarters, three quarters to full to full to overflowing to overflowing to super surplus. I want to move you ahead. There's no doubt that there are a number of things that will rob us of having a full life. We all face them. We all don't talk about them, but we all face them. There's no doubt there are a number of things that come against our thinking and fragment how we live a spiritual life. And so we have the weekend services where we can feel the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the Bible is open and we get a little bit of prayer, a little bit of worship and our spiritual life has a bleep on the screen and we feel like, you know, that was a worthy cause. That was a great service for me. But then you have another 168 hours that you have to spend that week in your life. So when you leave the service, maybe you don't have any other point in your life where you have a spiritual encounter or a presence of God or a positive atmosphere or a place where you you would feel like you're being transformed or you're actually changing deep inside. I want to change that also. I want to give you some ways that you can have surplus of soul 24 hours a day. Can I hear an amen? amen? He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move in people's lives. I can only be a conduit, a channel. I can be as a servant of God and as a pastor, teacher, and as a person who is here to serve you in this particular capacity of the Word of God. I can do my part. But I can only go so far until it hits either a wall or it hits a resistance or it hits a, a pool of deadness that nothing moves and nothing is absorbed because it's something in you that has to actually move forward. I want the Holy Spirit to anoint every person during this time with an attitude of change, an attitude of hunger, an attitude I can be a surplus person, uh, letting the Holy Spirit put his finger on some dead pools in my life, some dead areas in my life, some areas that are not plus, not surplus, they are minus. And those minus areas maybe have been in your life for a long time. Minus in your thoughts, minus in your relationships, minus, minus. We talk about a hundred different areas where there could be a minus. I want the Holy Spirit to anoint your minuses and make them pluses. I want the Holy Spirit to put his finger on those areas and that you would know they could change. Can I hear an amen? All right, surplus. Let's define it. Surplus is simply having more than is required or needed. When I'm required to produce something, do something, give something, or something is needed of me, I need to have that. Surplus, it's there. Over and above what is required of you, over and above what is needed from you. As a parent, you can feel very depleted sometimes. You have given all the love and all the affection and all the help you can. And if you have more than one child, you can spread it around more than two children. It can get pretty tough. And your children can demand talking time and prayer time. And they want you to know them and listen to them and go places with them. And just out of uh, parenting itself, there's a lot of stretch. You can feel so depleted that what is required of you as a parent, you cannot produce. 
what is needed from your particular life, you don't have enough left over after you work all day, enough left over after you fight with some of the people on the job or go through the stress of the job you have or the work or at home what you're doing and you're pouring yourself out just to keep in line with life and then you have people that want to draw from you. Those can be your children. Those can be your spouses. Those can be your friends. Those can be other demands that come on your life. To people calling you to say, will you volunteer? No, thank you. I cannot. People calling, will you donate to the blind? I'd like to, but I can't. Will you come down to the school and be on a committee? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have a margin. I don't have enough time. I don't have the resource to do that. Will you please uh, go to the youth camp with us? I mean, it just goes on and on. People want to draw from you, but you cannot give. Now, listen to me. You cannot give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. If it's not in you, then it turns into a stress factor, sometimes a guilt factor, sometimes an anger factor. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk. I don't want to fix this. I don't want to pour into my marriage. It's just right up to here. I'm just lucky to be bringing home a paycheck and doing my job and keeping my head above water emotionally with all the stuff I deal with. And then I get home and the husband wants to talk or the wife wants to talk or there's an irritation or something went wrong with the finance or one of the kids got in trouble at school or there's a health problem or something happened with your parents or something happened with a neighbor. And all those things demand of you to rise to the occasion and pour out some mercy, some forgiveness, some love, some understanding, just a piece of your life. Just take it and pour it out to them. But you can't give what you don't have. That becomes a pressure. And when you give it a few times and then you hit bottom, there's nothing left in the glass. The cup is empty, my friends. It's gone. Then it's excuse making. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I can't meet your need. No, I don't want to talk right now. No, I know I should love you better, but look, I'm just doing the best I can. It, it moves from excuses to irritation. I don't care what you say. I don't want to talk. I'm not going to meet your need. Grow up. Suck it up yourself. Everybody has pressures. Deal with your own pressure. And you start becoming a little bit more irritated at people trying to draw from you because you don't have it to give. How many of you would say in my last three minutes of what I just said, you've experienced that at some point? And then... You have another overriding, uncontrollable thing. It's called life. It's called Afghanistan, Iraq. It's called economy. It's called government. It's called environment. It's called disease. It's called educational weirdness. It's called divorce and family breakdown at an unbelievably rapid rate. It's called violence with no understanding. It's called pornography with who in the world would ever go there with that. It's called internet with thousands and millions and millions of things that can come before your teenager or your own eyes. And the knowledge of the world is just building and flowing and building and flowing until you just want to kind of take a number and check out and say, I quit. What do you quit? Life. I want out of life. 
I'm going to go live in a village in Africa. Come on, anybody been there? Just, hey, I can't cope with all this. And then it gets faster and deeper. And and then a pastor like me comes along and says, hey, how about a series on surplus? And everyone goes, sure. (laughs) Right down my alley, buddy. I'm your model. None of us might see ourselves as the model for surplus. But hopefully by the time I finish, you will see yourself as a candidate for supernatural grace that brings surplus. You will see yourself as a candidate for the God who loves you and knows you and knows how to pour through you everything you need for what is required of you and what people need from you. You can fill your life with those things. Surplus, over and above, spilling over the top. More than sufficient, excessive beyond. More than expected. Surplus is a kingdom principle. Jesus taught it. Paul taught it. They lived it. Beyond themselves, beyond what they had, beyond what was they were encountering as life, there was a surplus. And Jesus himself taught If you want this kind of surplus, if you want to find it, well, you have to lose something first. If you want overflow, you have to clean out the pipe. If you want kingdom power like this to flow through your life, there's some principles that have to be practiced. Here's a surplus prayer I want everyone to read out loud with me. Are you ready? All services, all campuses, here we go. Surplus prayer. I want you to read it as if you were praying by yourself out in the woods, crying out to God. And you're just going to pray this with abandonment. Are you ready, everyone? Father, I desire to live the life that you have planned for me. A life that is overflowing and abundant. Show me how to live life to the full with ample resources for my journey and extra resources so I can help others because I can't give what I don't have. Helping others. Enough resource to take someone else along with you. We are so into survival, and sometimes that's really the term that could be a descriptive term for many of us. Just survive. Hey, I feel really good. I got through all this let alone having surplus for someone else. The will of God for every one of us is to have extra, extra, more than is needed for yourself. More than is needed for your marriage, for your parenting, for your finance, for you as a person. Psalms 45 and verse 1. The surplus soul psalm has one phrase, three translations I'm using it. Psalms 45, verse 1. My heart is overflowing. Everyone say out loud, overflowing. Turn to your neighbor now and just say, now we talk in our church, so don't take offense to this. I just, and you don't have to. You can fake it. Just turn your head and not say anything like some people do. I don't mind that. But it's good for us to kind of confess and talk to one another. I mean, church is meant to be experienced, not to be attended. You need to be involved with it. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say, God wants you to have an overflowing life. 
Now, here's the next phrase. My heart, everyone say out loud, my heart is, now fill in the blank for yourself first. If you had to describe your heart, would you say right now, my heart is shrinking, hurt, bitter, unfeeling, insensitive. My heart has been burned. My heart is okay. My heart is, what would you describe your heart? That word that would be descriptive of your inner world and your private world. My heart is, the psalmist says, welling forth with a good matter. Here's another phrase. My heart burst its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. Burst its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. Out of the abundance, the word abundance is the word surplus. As we see in the Greek language, it's the word excessive beyond. It's more than enough and above and beyond. That's the word abundant. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth or the life lives. It spills over. Whatever you're filled with inside will spill over. It will burst its banks. It will go over the sides. The kingdom of God is supposed to be Beautiful, good, wholesome, righteous, positive in the right way, integrity. It's supposed to be filled with joy and trust and peace and love and forgiveness and excitement and adventure and hope and vision. It spills over. But when you have no surplus on those areas... You spill over into other people's life the wrong things. Unbelief, unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, a lack of control, poor morals. If you live a life of minus in these areas, how will we ever minister to the world outside of the church? If the world comes to you and says, listen, can you help me with my marriage? They say, what's the problem? They start pouring out their life. Say, well, my marriage has this problem. My marriage has this problem. And you listen to them and say, well, you know, well, that's, that's, that's really too bad. I mean, I can pray for you, but no, I want you to help my marriage. Well, hey, listen, bro. The truth is my marriage is about the same place yours is. Well, I thought, I thought you were a Christian. Well, I am. But Christians have trouble. Christians don't always, they're not perfect people. Well, I know, but don't you have a perfect God? Well, of course I have a a perfect God. Well, doesn't he help people that have a bad marriage? Well, of course he helps. Well, then why hasn't he helped yours? Well, because there's a reason. Well, what is it? Because if he can help you, he can help me. If he can't help you, I think I'm going to go talk to Buddha. You can't give. What you don't have. Surplus is such a flow of life that people will draw it out of you and your well will never go dry. All right, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, Mark 2 scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. John chapter 10. Verse 9 and 10. John 10. 
Now, John 10 is the shepherd chapter, all right? John 17 is the great prayer chapter of Jesus, the prayer for unity. Luke 15 is the great prodigal child bring back the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son, the lost chapter. Everybody knows Luke 15. You mention it, they know it. John 10 is the famous scriptures that you'll recognize these two right off. But this is the shepherd and sheep chapter. You are the sheep that belong to Christ. Or you're on a journey to become a sheep. You're on a journey to know Jesus. But this chapter, now listen to me, is not written to unbelievers. It's not a salvation chapter. Although we use this for salvation prayer, which is okay, and I'll show you why. But it's written to people who are called the sheep of his pasture. To be a sheep, you have to be connected to the shepherd. And he says that in this chapter. Now listen to the words in John chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 7 and then 9 and 10 is our key verse. Verse 7. And Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, and if you underline your Bible, underline this little phrase, I am the door. I am the door. In the Greek it reads backwards, the door I, I only. I'm the only door. There there is no other options. I'm the door. I'm the door. But notice what it says, of the sheep. It's not just a salvation door, although that's where it starts. And surplus living starts with you understanding something about these two verses as I see it. I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, before the shepherd got to you, All that came were thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Verse 9. I am the door. Come and say it with me. I am the door. Come on, everyone. I am the door. And if anyone enters, enters, opens by me, he will be saved. Doesn't stop there. And he will go in. Go into what? And out. Out from what? How do you go in and out if it's only salvation? It's more than salvation. He will go in and out and find pasture. That's supernatural provision of what God wants to bring into our lives. The thief, who is the thief? Turn to your neighbor and tell him who the thief is. Your mother-in-law. It's not your mother-in-law. Not your husband. It's not your teenagers with the ATM card, although that's very close. (laughs) How many say the thief is the devil? You're partially right. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, circle the key word, steal, kill, destroy. What he can't steal... He kills. What he can't kill, he mangles. He makes it non-functional. He destroys it. I have come that they may have life. Everyone say life. And then Jesus says, but it's, it's not just life. That they may have it more 
abundantly, which is our word surplus, excessive beyond abundance. So Jesus says, I want them to have life, but not just life. I want them to have excessive beyond, over and above, surplus life that would flow out from them. Now ask yourself a question as we move into this conceptual series that's going to deal with you personally and out from you. Ask yourself this question. Who has stolen from you any of the virtues that you should own? Who stole them? Who stole your faith mindset? Who stole your joy for living? Who stole your trust in relationships? Who stole your laughter? Laughter is a kingdom of God activity. Laughter in the Bible speaks about a soul that is healthy and understands God. Even in the midst of the hottest trials and the weirdest, mysterious things that happen in life, there should be the ability to laugh and to smile and to understand that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose and devil. I can ha 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 you because my God is on my side and I know that his will will be done no matter what you say, what you do. I am going to have joy. I'm going to be filled with faith and I'm going to laugh my way through life. Now you can laugh your way through life or you can cry your way through life. You can blame your way through life or you can take responsibility and go to another level. You can have no trust, no fun with the relationships. You can have the kind of life that isolates, fragments, and pushes everybody away like a person with super, super, super bad breath. You can have a super duper bad breath attitude where anybody gets around you, they just kind of move the other way. Why? Because they know that you're a pessimist. You are filled with criticism. You are filled with a no life attitude. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to have fun. You don't want to laugh. Even when they try to get you out of your house or your apartment or your dorm and they finally get you to go somewhere, you are the death to the party. You bring a depression even to the happiest people in life. Folks, I'm telling you right now, you don't have to live that way. You don't need to be the death to every party and cry your way through life. God wants to put a laugh back in your spirit. A surplus. Say, well, if you were in the situation I'm in, you wouldn't be able to laugh. I don't know that. But I think I've been through enough to know what really, really hurts, what is really, really disappointing. Losing a best friend, having one of your children really sick, having someone else that's really not doing what you want, having disappointments in every category of life. If I would park on the wrongs and my perspective on why it shouldn't be, if I would just let myself absorb all the bad emotion of what other people are going through and what life itself throws my way. I will absorb into my spirit such a minus. I cannot have any flow of life. And when that flow stops, this scripture does not work any longer. We don't have excessive abundance of life. Have you ever been at a a restaurant, a park, somewhere where there were groups of people doing things. Have you ever been around a group of people that as you watched them, they were having more fun than you? How many, how many, come on, how many been there? And you're kind of watching them and your barbecue 
doesn't quite work right. And theirs is just <laughs> flaming the steaks and your roasts and hot dogs. And they're laughing and playing music and all kinds of people. And you've got no music playing. The hot dogs aren't cooking right. Your camp tent's a little bent to the right. Theirs is perfect. And you start looking at it and you start thinking, I want to be with those people. But this is my family. So I better stay here, but boy, those people, and they're just belly laughing, and, and I'm not talking about even drinking booze and stuff, although some of those people might be in that, but just normal, regular people that aren't really drinking, they're not drunk, they're just filled with life. And you can tell they enjoy each other. And you watch a parent with a child, you put it together, and you're watching them talk and hug each other, and they go, I wish I could hug my kid like that. I, and I don't have that kind of conversation. And you start putting two and two together. No one maybe will ever hear that conversation going on in your mind. You may never say anything to anybody about how you see that restaurant group or that park group or at a birthday or a wedding or wherever it might be. But in your heart, you're saying... I wish I had more of life. I wish I had better flow. I wish I had that energy, the relationships and the stuff I see. Oh, well, back to my burnt hot dog because this is my hot dog life and I might as well, just like the dirty dog I am, just go ahead and roast this old hot dog and eat it and live my life. Blessed be the name of God. (laughs) Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to be drawn to your black hot dog that you burned on the grill and your sunken face and your griping attitude. Christians should be full of life. Life. They should be fun people. They should be the kind of people you can't wait to hang out with. Their vibes are right. Their attitudes are right. Their spirit is right. They, they just have surplus in them. Someone says, hey, you know, I can't make it to the service today, but thanks for inviting me. And the surplus person says, hey, I will be by to pick you up. Oh, no, you don't have to do that. It's a long way. It doesn't matter to me. This is my joy, man. I'll come and get you. Don't worry about it. We'll be late for church. It's okay. I'm always late for church. I'm a surplus late. Excessive beyond late. No, I won't go there. So, but the surplus person, they don't mind that. They do it. Because they're so full of life. I want you as a person, I want us as a people to be the church. Not the only church, because every church should be this way, but the one I'm responsible for is the one I'm talking to. That our church would be known as the happy place. Had a parent say to me the other day about our church with her kid. She says, my kids love your church. I said, well, it's not my church. I didn't die for it. Uh, you know. But yeah, it's, it's a great church. I said, why does your kid like our church? She says, oh, you didn't have to ask me that. I said, no, really, just tell me. She says, well, it's, it's not spiritual. I said, it's okay. Just tell me what it is. She says, well, they like the chocolate chip cookies. I said, really? 
for my kingdom is made up of chocolate chip cookies. Well, the very fact that a church would make anybody happy is a wonderful thing. That they would say, I want to go there because they have the fun sports for the kids. That another parent says, our kids love your kids program because it is so much fun. Now, we do get scripture in them and we get a lot of stuff in them, but we have fun doing it. We know that they're not supposed to act like adults. They're kids. They need to laugh and let it rip. Then we'd send them home with you all worked up and let them rip on you. (laughs) Surplus. All right. Now, there are four levels of living what I'm talking about. Write these down and let's make these a point of prayer. Four kinds of people. Find yourself. Well, better yet, find pieces of yourself in every one of these, I'm sure. Four kinds of people, minus people. Who are the minus people? They never have enough. Never, 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 never. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough love. They don't have enough people to relate to. They don't have enough to get by the next check. They don't have enough gas. They don't have enough. They're they're just never enough people. They're minus in every area of life. Now, please, again, hear what I'm trying to say, because I don't want to slam dunk anybody with minus in their life or minus as a habit of life. It's okay to have a minus. It's okay. It's okay to have no friends. It is okay to have no money. It is okay to have your marriage at the bottom of the glass. It is okay to have an attitude that practically is a depressing attitude. It's okay, but this is what's not okay. It's not okay to stay that way. Not okay. God loves you in your depression. God loves you in the blackness of your soul. God loves you with all your faults and funniness. God loves every part of you. God loves your past, your present, and your future. God is love and he loves you. But he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Because you can't enjoy kingdom living if you don't change. So if you've been a minus person, right now in your spirit, if you will listen to me, if you will let me help you, If you will let me put the word of God into your life, into your step and your walk and your thinking, I guarantee you you will not stay this way. You will change. And today is the day that you say to yourself and as you're listening, you look straight ahead. You don't even have to say it to anyone else, but you say it to yourself down in the strength of your will. You say to yourself, I have been a minus person, but I'll tell you what, today changes from this day on. I'm going to learn how to put some plus in my life. I'm going to change this and eventually I'm going to have a surplus life and eventually I'm going to pour out and meet everybody else's needs and I won't be the one walking around with an empty cup telling you fill my cup, fill my cup, fill my cup fill my cup. I'm going to be there with a great big pitcher of water filling everybody else's cup with love and self esteem and self worth and forgiveness and when I run out I'm just going to go back to the well and get another whole big bucket full and come back again and pour all kinds of love and wonderful benefits on the people around me. That's where I'm headed in my life. I'm trading my glass in for a bucket. Come on. And you will. Second group, the plush people. 
They have just enough. That is, they have just enough for themselves. Not bad. It's not bad to be a plus person, have enough for yourself. I have enough for myself, Pastor Frank. Thank you very much. I have a good relationship or I'm married and have a good husband or a good spouse, good wife. And I have just enough kids. I have just enough money. We have just enough house. We have just enough of everything. Our whole life has just enough activity. We are the just enough people, just enough to do what we have to do to get by with life. It's okay to be a just enough person, but usually that's the people that don't have enough to go just outside of what they need. So they stay right here. Stable and good, but not porn. Surplus people are those who have more than enough all the time. More than enough, that is, I have enough for me, my kids, my marriage, my home, my finance. I do not live from check to check. I do not live depressed. I do not live with a great burden and a sorrow about life. I do not live with all kinds of needs that are always in me that I just have to work through my own counseling every day and try. I'm I'm way past that. That's not me. So what I do have, I have to now take from my parenting skills, my marriage skills, my finance skills, my spiritual skills, my gift skills, everything that I have developed in my life that has served me to have enough for what I needed to do to get there. Once I get there, I have to go beyond myself and start ministering to other people to get them there. A more than enough person is not about themselves. It's always about everyone else. Last, super surplus people. Excessive overflow. You just... Wherever you go, you touch everybody. You're a super surplus person. All right, let's close with these commitments. Here they are. This is what we're going to start with and where we'll go in the next few weeks. This is your commitment. I will identify the minus work of my spirit and soul and I'll remove it. I'm going to do that. You're going to do that. I will move from minus to plus living. If that's where I'm at, I'm going to go up one level. Third, I will move from plus to surplus to super surplus. I don't see myself as just taking care of myself, which is good. At least I'm a plus. But I want to be a surplus. I want others. I want to be a super surplus. I want to do a multitude of others all the time and never run out. I want my bucket to fill up everyone else's glass. I will position myself to live life for others in my world. I will grow past my stuck places. Are you stuck with a mindset, a concept, a perspective, a relationship, a job, an attitude. Are you stuck somewhere that you just can't get out of it? We're going to unstick you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's going to unstick you. Not good English, but it works. And I will break through my ceilings in life. I will break through my ceilings in life. Whatever is pressing, we're going to lift and break out those ceilings. Get some breathing room in our lives. Can I hear an amen?